0: Hey everyone, I'm Andrea Ferretti and this is episode 255 of Yoga Land. Hi Jason. Hi Andrea. How are you? I'm good. Good, good, good. Okay, so today we're going to talk about staying inspired in your yoga practice. And I think that so many people are struggling with this right now just because things have changed during the pandemic and also as we know for yoga teachers it's a special kind of unique challenge. It is
1: especially kind of unique challenge. Yeah. So what we'll talk about is staying inspired in your practice for everyone, but I think staying inspired in your yoga practice for teachers in a way is that much more challenging for two reasons. Number one, because we put additional pressure on ourselves within the practice. We have a certain amount of performance pressure and knowledge-based pressure because we are teachers of this discipline Mm -hmm. and that can produce some anxiety. And sometimes we know when you have anxiety, you just kind of ignore the thing that-
0: Is provoking it. It's provoking it. Yeah.
1: The other thing is as a yoga teacher, mostly for better, but sometimes for worse, we just spend a lot of time in the yoga world. And so sometimes your practice, can feel like your job. Yeah. And it doesn't matter how much you love your job, you need some space from your job, right? So, we'll it's kinda, not as
0: much of an escape as it, not, as it once was. It's not. Yeah. It's not.
1: It's not at all. So, I think the first thing that comes up for me in terms of how do we stay inspired? How do we stay motivated? Is to think about well, what keeps us from being inspired? What is demotivating? What are what's the scenario or what's the context in which I tend to lose my motivation? And what I think about in this term is many yoga practitioners and teachers, they get into a habit in their lives where they're only doing maintenance-based practices. I've said this for years that I am really proud of being a pragmatic and accessible teacher. I think that I have helped so many people do a practice that is useful, that is consistent, and that helps on more or less a daily basis, people feel well. Right. But I think that if you're doing anything that over time mostly becomes a maintenance strategy instead of a growth or a research or a development strategy, it starts to lose some of its taste. Mm -hmm. It starts to lose some of its luster, right? We, we kind of deal with this in our lives, right? It's like, because you and I are both creatives and also you and I run a business. Yeah. Right? So
0: there's a lot of like making the donuts.
1: There's a lot of just the email, the scheduling, the production. And when your yoga practice, I think starts to feel like those things, mm-hmm. right? It starts to feel like you're taking care of everything. You're doing the email, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're functioning. Your hips feel okay, your shoulders feel okay, so forth and so on. Well, those are good, but when you're losing some of the development, some of the creativity. The challenge. Some of the challenge, some of the novelty, some of that internal growth of doing new and different and challenging things, your practice starts to get... Rote. Rote. It's just not as interesting. It's uninspired. Mm -hmm. And it can be difficult to break out of that mode. OK, so the first thing that I want everyone to understand is you should expect that those things are going to happen. Right. Because when you are when you are new to anything, just doing any of that thing is new.
0: You and I are like the antithesis of the follow your passion and your job will never be a job. I mean, yes, follow your passion. We both have, but there are always going to be moments and aspects of it where it's a job.
1: I think a lot of. Yeah. I mean, this is a whole different conversation that we could go down. But I think there's a whole, there's like a whole industry built around the delusion
0: yeah.
1: of if you just do what you love to do, it won't ever be work. It's like, really? Are, is that thing not gonna have email? Is that thing not gonna have production?
0: Well, is or that, is it not gonna have repetition? That's that, kind of why I brought it right, up. right, right. Because you're saying, you know.
1: So, right. So when you're new to something, when you're new, let's stick with yoga. When you're newer to yoga, everything is always new. Everything is always growth. Everything is, it's, it's novel, it's new, it's different. But most practitioners and most teachers will find kind of a sweet spot where like they're challenged just barely. So like, yeah, you kind of felt, you, you breathed and you moved and like a thing a moment or difficult was difficult, but you, we get into this phase, this over comfort zone. And I think if we stay too much, in that maintenance phase, and we shy away from the growth and the challenge and the development and the more rigorous phase, I think we start to get very blasé.
0: So you're saying you can challenge yourself?
1: I'm saying not only can you challenge yourself, I'm saying if you wanna stay inspired, especially as a teacher, you need to. to. You have to do something at least once a week in your practice that is difficult for you to do that we're, we're, we're reapplying rigor. So this is like something to remember about the yoga tradition is, it's not a casual pursuit, mm. okay? The yoga tradition is these, we're not casual people, mm-hmm. okay? That the word hatha means many things, but one of the primary things that it means is to be adamant. Mm-hmm. So what we have to remember is we're, we're, we have to apply a certain rigor to our process. In order for it to be interesting to us. And I think a lot of times people will think about, like, oh, I don't need another stress. It's like, if you lack stress, if you lack innovation, if you lack growth, if you lack development in yoga, you aren't going to be interested in it anymore. Mm-hmm. You're going to be watching this podca- podcast, mm-hmm. going, how do I inspire myself? <laughs> I, I guarantee it. So, right. So, but there are different ways. Yes.
0: That's there are different ways. It's going to prompt you on, like, you're not ourselves. just saying focus your practice now on only scorpion pose. Correct. Obviously. yeah.
1: Right. So there are different ways to challenge ourselves, right? And there are different ways to be rigorous. And there are different ways to inspire ourselves to learn and grow within the discipline. One of them, the kind of lowest hanging fruit, is pick a pose like once a week, once a month, whatever it is, pick something that you're trying to develop, right? So scorpion, or it can be anything, right? Because the beautiful things about yoga is it scales. For some people, the pose that they're, that they're working to challenge themselves with is scorpion. For other people, it's camel, right? So we wanna have something that we're actually working on. Now, another thing, so we don't get too kind of materialist in terms of trying to just oh do a harder posture. For some people, a growth pose or a or an equivalent of a growth pose would be a longer period of time in seated meditation, or developing a pranayama practice, mm-hmm. or developing, you know, some. Component of this discipline that is interesting to us, but is genuinely going to challenge ourselves
0: again, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Where, there, where there is actually newness, right? We talk about beginner's mind. Right. It's really hard. You know what's easy to have beginner's mind in? Something you're an, actually a beginner at. <laughs> like that's actually so, so as, so when you are feeling flat, what we have to remember in this, in what constitutes yoga is a massive world. So, it might not be interesting or valuable for you to just work on a harder yoga posture, but a longer period of seated meditation,
0: mm-hmm. right? And, and, and on a more regular basis. On a more
1: regular basis. And that's why I'm saying, I wanna be really clear with this, once a week. Once a week, right? So I'm still being pragmatic. So you, you can still do the like 15 minute, 30 minute, whatever kind of classes you're doing, right? It's not mutually exclusive. It's saying, don't stop doing what you're doing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But once a week, set time, and own that time, and do something that is challenging for you, Mm -hmm. that you see value in, Mm -hmm. right? We're kind of sharing that, I've never been an exceptional backbender. (laughs)
0: <laughs> me neither but
1: that's something we share
0: yes, yes the
1: difference between us is you are an exceptional forward bender yes i am not an exceptional backbender nor am i an
0: exceptional <laughs> forward bender but you I can am, stand straight up and I down like nobody's business
1: po- i am exceptional in <laughs> postures where you where no movement is required <laughs> handstand headstand forearm balance shoulder stand tadasana shavasana <laughs>
0: You nail knocking. it. You nail it every time. <laughs> every time. If my
1: body has to be in the position of a plank, <laughs> a plank, chaturanga, days.
0: Yep, yep. It's, yep. When, it's
1: when things have to bend. Yep. So, like, really, the point to drive home is once a week, do something that is outside, that, that requires some amount of postural or intellectual growth.
0: Mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm.
1: And that's kind of the next thing I'm going to say is, Pick a book. We, we, I think we think about this, everyone. I think a lot of times, general culture, but certainly yoga, we think about what we consume, like what, what we put in our bodies, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. I don't know if we know how much junk we put in our minds. Yeah. It's r- ridiculous. And the thing about it to me is like, for me, I don't actually mind in fact, I quite enjoy sugar. And we have this with our daughter, like she's allowed to have dessert, plenty of dessert. Mm-hmm. Kind of have as much dessert as she wants.
0: She's a string bean. She needs She's it. a string bean. Yeah.
1: But she also has to have complex carbohydrates and fats and protein, protein. right? You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like, My point on this is I'm not even saying everyone should take their phone and throw it in the garbage and and like never look at social media and how much time we spend just filling our mind with, I won't even say jump, but things we don't really even care about, you know? Yeah. We, We spend a lot of time putting stuff into our mind that we do not care about. So at least once a week, feed your mind with something that is intellectually rigorous. Right, where you're learning something, where it's it's literature, it's history, or it's business, or it's recipes, or something that something that isn't these like empty calories. Mm -hmm. So much of what we put in our mind is an empty calorie. Mm -hmm. So pick up a yoga text, pick up the Upanishads, pick up the Bhagavad Gita, pick up like for an hour a week. Mm -hmm. You know, and I what I find is getting started with the picking up a a more intellectually demanding or rigorous book or picking up the challenge of doing something in our body that is difficult for us, whether that's a hard pose or whether it's a long period of quietness, these things shouldn't be easy. If they are completely easy, they aren't going to inspire you. Mm. Part of the challenge is is that we're letting ourselves only consume practices and postures that are that are completely benign mm-hmm. we get into this like very benign phase like oh, it's got to be benign because life is stressful I got it but if we don't apply some difficulty to the things that help us feel alive mm-hmm. and interested and insightful as a yoga teacher and a yoga practitioner everything is going to feel pretty mundane
0: yeah
1: right yeah another thing that we can pick is, a completely different type of practice.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say that, I, I say I'm in this, that phase.
1: Right, I say this to people all of the time. I say, this to, I say this to teachers all the time. As a teacher, you're gonna get this advice, especially early in your teacher training program. Cause, because a lot of times it's just like a game of telephone. A teacher heard something, so they said it to their teacher and it's, it goes on, right? Okay. You have to make sure when you're practicing that you're practicing exactly what you're teaching. Uh, You have to, when you teach, you gotta make sure you're practicing exactly what you're teaching. Yeah. Here's what I'm gonna tell you. That's some of the worst advice you've ever heard in your life.
0: It's very high pressure advice.
1: It's bad advice. Okay. Actually, it's not bad advice. It's bad advice if we treat it as a total information set instead of a partial information set so here's what i mean should you practice what you teach definitely should you only practice the things you teach no Hmm. okay so let me let me make that clear again should you practice what you teach definitely should you only practice what you teach no that's a woefully bad idea in fact there should be things about what you practice and how you feed yourself that are just yours mm. that are just yours mm-hmm. because then there's no pressure there's no stress and even more important than that is there's no sense of when you're doing that thing that you're going to teach that thing so you get to actually be just a student of that thing right i don't have a yin practice but this is like a this would be a perfect example right so Let's say I mostly taught vinyasa-based yoga, or I was an Ashtanga teacher. Is it important that I also practice vinyasa and Ashtanga yoga? Yeah. But what would be so nice is for me to also just have a yin practice that I don't teach. Right. That's just mine.
0: Right, right, right.
1: So that that when I'm having those times where I'm feeling like, oh my God, I'm really burned out from my job, I've been teaching a ton, I'm going through stress. I, I'm having a lot of student attrition. I'm kind of bummed out. I don't want to do my yoga practice because it feels like teaching, and I'm already a little stressed with teaching. Go you do still your have yoga a rest, practice. But yeah. Go do your, your 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 practice that is for you. You use the word earlier, like more of that escape,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. more
1: of that retreat. Yeah. Right. And again, this isn't to put pressure on the listeners to think to our to ourselves like oh my God, I have to do even more. No, it's that we need sanctuary.
0: Yeah, you need to carve it out for yourself. Yeah,
1: you have to carve it out for yourself.
0: So you have to think creatively and carve out the time, sounds like you're saying, the focus, whatever the focus is going to be for that time period, and then perhaps trying something different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. It's in a way, not to like cheapen it, but it's in a way it's like cross training. Hmm. Right? Yeah. It's just, it's going to give you a little bit different perspective. Yeah. Right? So if I'm a professional athlete, which FYI, I know it's difficult to tell, but I am not, <laughs> you look at me and you're like, what kind of professional athlete is that man? <laughs> <laughs> uh, like um, a lawn bowler. <laughs> yeah, so that's not say, that
0: there's anything wrong with not lawn bowling. My mother was a lawn bowler. Oh, hi. loved her lawn bowling. Totally. It's pretty adorable.
1: Let's pretend I'm a professional athlete, which is the game I play in my head, which is like 24 hours a day, right? (laughs) If I'm a high level professional athlete, I spend a lot of time doing that thing, but I also inhabit my body in other active ways. I have to. The skills that are required for any professional athletic endeavor at this phase of time, no longer can just come from training that one thing. No, they don't come from just that one thing. They come from a cross-pollination of things. Mm -hmm. And so in a way, you can kind of think about having a multidisciplinary approach to yoga as a little bit like cross-training. You could even, right, go outside of a more conventional yoga practice so there are going to be some people who are inspired, who maintain some of their inspiration to practice and teach yoga because they also run, because they also do resistance training, because they also inhabit their body in a proactive way that is complementary but not the same to what they teach.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: You know, and I think it's so valuable, it's so important.
0: Yeah, it's it's what's helped me over the past several years. I mean, I've talked about this a lot, but just going through cancer treatment, I learned so much more about how I needed more cardiovascular training. And so, you know, that became much more of a focus than it ever had been. And it's the thing that keeps me interested in then moving my body more slowly. Right. And staying with all of the stuff that I do in yoga.
1: Exactly. So another thing that I'm thinking about, okay, is training your attention to focus on and appreciate technique instead of attributes and outcomes okay so here's the thing which is at some point i'm gonna break the news to everyone if they haven't figured this out yet okay at some point in your yoga practice physically right just physically at some point in your yoga practice physically you are going to come up against your genetic code totally at some point it's going to happen
0: it'll take a while for you to really 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 believe it cuz yeah. you'll keep trying totally. and you might injure yourself You're listening in like, the process yeah yeah yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you you will you will keep being like nope i'm going to do another like <laughs> 30 days to handstand, (laughs) ab blast. You're like, all right, do it. Buy that course. Totally. Because if that course keeps you going, keeps you going, then it it fits in to kind of this first category we're discussing. So, So, but my point is on this thought is at some point your physical ability is going to stop growing. Your gross Physicality, not your subtle physicality, but at some point, like you're not gonna get another angle of forward flexion.
0: Sorry, my, not, belo- my beloved is gazing at me.
1: You're not gonna get another angle of hip rotation. You're not gonna get another angle of. I remember. X, y, Z.
0: I remember the f- the several years where I really, really thought that I was going to get ekapada rajakapotasana. One, two, three. Or it was gonna happen. And um, yeah, it was a slow awakening.
1: And maybe it could have.
0: I um, don't know. But not without a lot of cost. Yes. Right? Yes. Not, not without a lot of cost. Right. And I can still do those poses just right. propped right. in the appropriate way.
1: Yeah. So at some point, and this is a beautiful point and also a painful point, at some point you're gonna be, you're gonna come to the realization that this is the body you actually have. This is the body I actually have. This is the personality I actually have. This is the personality you actually have. Now, instead of trying to change it, let's actually completely embrace it and learn to work with it with greater skill. Perfect. Right? Yeah. And so, so what I'm getting at here is at some point, even though I'm even though I'm contending earlier, we need to challenge ourselves. In some way we need to do that as like pick a pose and work on it. I still believe that to be the case. But also, the more we can focus when we're doing the practice on the subtlety, on the nuance, on the technique, the more we can appreciate the technique and the artistry and the craftsmanship or the craftspersonship, right? in and of itself for itself like the beauty of the craft the beauty of the technique instead of well what does it give me and do people like that
0: yeah right and and does it make me feel more valuable does it
1: make me more feel more valuable yeah like oh i'm better at this thing so i can win this contest right so then people will like me and i'll feel better about myself yeah that's a very human thing i am subject to that thing I think we're all to some degree subject to some variation of that
0: thing. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah.
1: At the same time, that can't be the only game we allow ourselves to play in life, right? So we have to have this understanding of, oh, well, maybe I'm just, I'm just learning this thing because this thing is a beautiful thing. Right. That the, that the end game isn't another attribute. Mm -hmm. Like I'm taller, I'm skinnier, I'm stronger, I'm prettier. I'm another achievement. Mm -hmm. But it, the, the end game starts to become, I just take this incredible pleasure in being completely invested with the beauty of this craft.
0: Yeah, the joy of just doing the thing.
1: Yeah, just the joy of doing the thing.
0: Instead of the joy of the journey, instead of the destination. But but really I like that I actually I actually prefer the phrasing right now, the joy of doing the thing.
1: The joy of doing the thing. Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I think along with the joy of doing the thing is the feeling of personal integrity that you have when you do the thing. Right? we can't really be a yoga practitioner and not not really practice yoga. Can't really be a yoga teacher and not really practice yoga. Now, I'm not saying freak out, you're all imposters, and if you feel that way, go back and read, (laughs) watch our episode on imposter syndrome. (laughs) But what I'm saying is we have to be very empathetic and humble towards ourselves and also redirect ourselves into doing this practice because we find pleasure in the experience of doing the practice. And doing the practice helps us feel the integrity of being what we believe that we are. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, you
1: know, which is someone that does this practice or someone that teaches this practice, right? You know, right. And I, I, think that 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 sense of integrity and that sense of participation and that sense of engaging with the process and and not being, you know, overly invested with the outcomes. Clearly, that's deeply rooting and rooted in the teachings of this tradition.
0: Mm-hmm. Completely. You know. Yes. I mean, you know, if we really think about the fact that so much of what we're trying to do is be present with what is, I mean, being present with what is, is sometimes doing it, doing the practice, regardless of how novel and exciting and fabulous it feels in the moment.
1: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The two last things, I mean, the... The second to last are really quick cause I kind of addressed it already, but find other things that are related that inspire you. You know, so for example, if, you, if you're feeling a little stuck in your yoga practice or a little bored in your yoga practice, well, maybe you're doing yoga because it's really focusing and grounding and heartening for you to do something proactive in your body. Mm-hmm. So maybe there's another thing that you can do with your body that's new and different and interesting. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a little resistance training. Maybe it's a little CrossFit. Maybe it's a little running. Maybe it's a little bit of swimming. Like maybe, you know what I mean? Like I I don't want to just, I don't want to put on everyone's plate, oh, now you have to do another physical thing that's demanding. Mm -hmm. But maybe there's some other embodied modality that can sit very nicely with your yoga practice, right?
0: And, and can kind of re-motivate you.
1: It can re-motivate of re- you.
0: Re- reignite. that was the word I'm looking for. Yeah, mm-hmm.
1: like part of why my backbends are so woefully bad is because I train a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I have a lot now for many years in a row. And that is, that is antithetical to backbending in yeah. every way. So, that makes me need to do backbends, right? And training like that makes me just so happy to do a gentle yoga practice. Like I do a lot of gentle yoga practices because I'm inspired to do those because that is such a compliment to other modalities that I enjoy, yeah. right? And so, and I really do think, especially as a teacher, when you are in active student, when you enjoy being a student of something, it almost doesn't matter what that thing is. Like if you appreciate like, oh, I am really appreciating the learning process. Yeah. Then you're more excited to teach because ultimately that's what you're doing. Ultimately as a teacher, you're helping people learn. The main thing that's happening when you teach yoga is that people are learning,
0: Hmm.
1: right? There's more people learning than there are people teaching. So the main thing that's happening is that people are learning. And so you actually have to be an engaged learner mm-hmm. to want to be a teacher.
0: And yeah, I've never thought about that one before, but that's that's really true. You know? So regardless of what you're learning, it could be like painting a painting totally. class. It could be horseback riding, totally. it could be the,
1: the biggest deal is we are not bored and in malaise ourselves.
0: Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And and if you're bored and kind of malaise yourself almost always you have to do something different. Right. And then and then or do the thing that you're doing differently. Right? Right. And then that kind of uplifts everything and the more uplifted we are the more we're like
0: you can manage all the like making the donuts.
1: Making the donuts.
0: Hopefully people know what all that this reference is. talk of is. making the donuts. Do you know this reference?
1: Is it the do- the The Dunkin Donuts, the Dunkin commercial? donuts commercial from the 80s. the 80s.
0: Yeah. I told Sophia about that commercial the other day because she didn't want to go to school. And for those of you who don't know, because many of you were born after the 80s, um, basically the Dunkin' Donuts guy, you know, the point of the commercial is just that the donuts are fresh in the morning. Right. Right. And so bakers bake overnight, but
1: someone's got to do it.
0: Right. So in the commercial, the guy gets up and says, Time to make the donuts. And then he leaves the house and then he comes in and he's all tired and he says, I made the donuts. And this just goes on and 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 on. And it's the metaphor for life is that we all have things we have to do repetitively, repetitively any day. And if you're curious, I did, you Google it. You know, I went to YouTube to see if it was there and it is, and I showed it to Sophia and it looks like it's from 1932. It looks so old because like the it's cameras so I and can
1: picture it so the
0: well. film and everything.
1: We're going to stay on this topic just for another moment. The donuts? Uh, the coffee at Dunkin' Donuts. So good. Okay. So, right. So this is the crazy thing, right? Which is... We have this understanding in life of highbrow and lowbrow. Yeah. Highbrow stuff can be really enjoyable, but there's some lowbrow stuff that can be really enjoyable. Yeah. Totally enjoyable, uh-huh. right? And I am, as you know, snobbish about coffee. Uh huh. And yeah, make it, it's like, it, it, it's right. It's a whole process. It's a whole He's thing. He's like a scientist every enjoyable. morning. Totally. But anytime I arrive in the East Coast yeah. or on the East usually
0: Coast, usually Boston.
1: I will, I will drink Dunkin' Donuts coffee and be really genuinely happy
0: about it. Do you it. get a regular? At least,
1: at least while it's still hot. Do
0: you get a regular? You just get black. Black. Wow. That's impressive. That's
1: a, that's a rougher call. Yeah. We're almost done with this conversation.
0: I get a regular low sugar, just FYI. Because if you get a regular full sugar, it's like, whoa.
1: Do you think Dunkin' Donuts wants to send us some money for this oh, advertisement?
0: Dunkin' Donuts, we will take it.
1: I know. No, you know what? They probably have some corporate backstory, and we're gonna get like oh.
0: to be mad at us at Dunkin' Donuts. It's, it's,
1: it's something horrible.
0: I don't know. Okay.
1: Anyways, last thing. Expect plateaus.
0: Yes. Oh, expect absolutely. It.
1: Expect it. So, so to me, it's not about this. is so hand in hand with with a mature understanding of life, but also a more mature. But also, it's also goes hand in hand with understanding how to navigate issues which is by the time we're practicing yoga as an adult we have to remind ourselves that life is full of cyclical processes and and some cycles or some phases in cycles are, are flat yeah they're flat yeah and so you can't be caught unaware. You can't think to yourself, oh, I'm uninspired, therefore yoga is not good. It's, therefore, I need to find something. Complete. No, 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 no. I
0: want to agree with you're that You're in a place.
1: You're in a phase. And if you move on, right? If you move on or you ditch things just because you're in a flat, uninspired cycle, Lord have mercy.
0: That's how you I spend mean, the rest of your life.
1: It's, it's, it's going to be like... Flopping from one thing to another—it's like from one disappointment to another disappointment. Yeah, because things are never going to live up to your expectation. Right. So we have to understand that things that you have a relationship to, except for your lovely wife, of course, <laughs> you're going to have—you're going to have cyclical phases.
0: <laughs> oh boy! I can't believe you, you brought up marriage in the midst of this. <laughs>
1: I can't really bring up
0: Mary. <laughs> yes. You're going to have cyclical phases. You're going to
1: have to stick to yoga.
0: And let's just say that last night you said, I love you to me so many times that I had to say to you, we are such idiots that we're like, we've been together this I long. Really Did
1: I say that many times?
0: Yeah. We're upstairs. Remember you were on the, ca- you don't even Was remember. Was I feverish? I guess so that I said, where's, I can't believe we're so lucky that we've known each other this long and we still do that. It's we true. still do that. Anyways, um, I want to say disgusting. one thing about the plateau thing. Yeah. I do have an episode. It was like my 4th episode or something. It was a solo episode about keys to coping with the plateau. Oh. I want to go back and listen to it to make sure it's not totally embarrassing I'm before sure be embarrassing. I link to it. But yeah, it was something that I I it
1: was so old, so long ago. Did you have like braces?
0: Exactly. And... <laughs> I had a high, a high pony on the side. A high pony,
1: braces, <laughs> a crop top. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: And you're eating Dunkin donuts.
0: A lot Trans Amp. Exactly, yeah. All right, should we leave it at that? Are we good? I think we're good. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. I will put show notes, and I will link to that old episode at yogalandpodcast.com slash episode 255. If you enjoy the podcast, please share it with your friends, with your family, with your chihuahuas. Please rate and review wherever you listen and watch, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Enjoy your practice.